Water appears everywhere throughout the early books of the Bible, from Noah's Ark to the passing of the Red Sea. And then Jesus announces his arrival by being plunged into the River Jordan. Then he walks on a lake and switches gallons of the wet stuff into vintage wine at a wedding. dramatic stories stand like towering bookends to the life and times of Jesus and his disciples. They're recorded in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. So let's eavesdrop in on the first one. This is the account written in Mark's Gospel, which is probably Peter's story, a rough, tough fisherman who appears continually throughout the life of Jesus. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And so they left their nets at once and followed him. A bit further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. Jesus called to them also and immediately they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. It's so important that we don't lose sight of the profound ordinariness of the guys that Jesus chose. I've often wondered why he picked such a dysfunctional group of guys as his first disciples or apprentices. They don't get it all wrong, of course, but the clues are certainly there. You see, Jesus was not that interested in how good someone thought they were, and he isn't today either. This famous Bible account is rich with significance and meaning. As Jesus chooses a group of ordinary fishermen as his first followers, not chosen to a life of stardom, but to line up alongside the poor and the broken and the forgotten and to be grafted into the divine purpose of God to fill the earth with his love and his power. Jesus calls them in the context of their daily mundane working life. It wasn't a high five moment at a political rally, it was a personal invitation to follow him not an instruction from a headmaster or an order from a police officer. The response of those guys says so much about the kind of people that they were. This was probably not the first time they'd ever encountered Jesus, but it was absolutely the game-changing one. Sometimes they went back to the water to fish, but in a very real sense, this was it for them for the rest of their lives. A one-way trip through God's awesome turnstile into a life of adventure and transformation in the hands of God. From one family business to another. Because when we encounter Jesus like that, we realise that we are loved by a Father in heaven 
and we join a family. It's called the church. In the case of these fishermen, the call was very specific, but the cost was enormous. No plan B, no escape route, no alternative career. Zebedee and Sons Fishing Limited of Galilee is no more. Although I do wonder on days what happened to the old man and his retirement plan. At the heart of this offer from heaven, to become a follower of Jesus and a child of God is to leave everything behind and be born again. It's something that has never been removed from the gospel. And it's not something that we just do once. We have to do it every day for the rest of our lives. It's the journey of a Christian. It won't always be easy. There'll be difficult days and even tougher seasons, but we will never, ever be alone, not ever again. On one occasion, Peter, the rough fisherman that we talked about a moment ago, said to the others, I'm going fishing. I've had enough. Do you know what? We all go fishing sometimes. It's part of the deal because we're not all that, to be honest. And that is the very reason why God sent his son Jesus to deal with the human problem. So let's leave that part of the story there for a moment and fast forward to the end of the three-year apprenticeship for these lads. Jesus has died on the cross for the things that separate all of us from a perfect God and then smashed the barrier of death into a thousand pieces once and for all through his resurrection three days later. Now we find the resurrected Jesus appearing once more to his fishermen disciples to deliver their very last lesson before the baton passes from him to them and the church is born. This is what the Bible says. Jesus appeared to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee and this is how it all happened. Several of the disciples were there, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but his disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, friends, haven't you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net over the other side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish inside it. This starts out as a demoralizing moment in a bad night for fishing. Actually, they're having a bad week and an even worse month. Peter has denied Jesus, not once, but three times and needed to be rescued. Thomas has had a crisis of faith and now he needs proof and the less said about Judas the better. None of these guys are going to win the disciple of the month contest, let's face it. They're trying to implement the fishing plan but everything's going wrong and they're failing desperately until Jesus arrives and interacts with them from the shoreline. At first, they don't even recognise him. Maybe they're thinking, this is just some bloke 
giving helpful advice to a group of fishermen who know exactly what they're doing, thank you very much. We've all been there, haven't we, when some know-it-all offers some helpful advice, which usually means stating the obvious. So what is it about this bit of obvious advice that makes them change? Just maybe by then they have recognised the voice of Jesus and their three-year journey has told them to do exactly what he says. But the net has already gone out from the boat and the catch is non-existent. Most of us would have packed everything up and gone home. Well, at least that's what I would have done. But the disciples of Jesus are about to cross a threshold into a whole new dimension. It would be a lesson that they would never forget. There was nothing wrong with the lake, nothing wrong with the equipment or the technique that they were using. The catch was pulled in at the same place on the same night that they were fishing before, but they were missing an ingredient. The word from Jesus was everything. It's always that way when we respond personally to the voice of God for the very first time or for the thousandth time. Sometimes we've just got to do something which to our logical mind sounds absurd and crazy. Sometimes also we're going to need the help of other people to get it right. So the fish are now in the net, but now the net has to be hauled into the boat and back to the shore. That's hard work and it's a team effort. You see, it's never just about God, but also about our response to God. We have to do this stuff in relationship with others who are trying their best to do it as well. So there's the two accounts that are the bookends on the bookshelf that contains all the books of the things that Jesus did and is still doing today. I do wonder on days whether those two encounters actually happened at exactly the same spot. We'll never know that for sure, this side of heaven, but they weren't very far apart. Places are really important to God. They always have been throughout history and often he revisits them. Sometimes moments are created that cause a powerful reaction inside of us and give us the shove that we need to respond to the invitation to follow Jesus. Maybe this is one of those moments for you. If it is, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you still invite people to follow you. Today, I respond to that invitation to leave behind a life independent of you and separated from God. Please fill me with the power I need to let go of what holds me back. Amen.